Joining you from our headquarters in Madison, Wisconsin, USA, this is Callie with Let's Be Frank, a Franklin Fueling Systems podcast for anyone wanting to learn about all things petroleum equipment. In this series, we will chat about how regulations are affecting our industry and how our products and installation services can help us create efficiencies for fueling systems. Welcome back, everybody. We have a special guest today. Ben Thomas is joining us from UST Training, and he's going to talk about um, our Evo Series tank gauges from operator's perspective and sort of what all goes into Evo tank gauges after they've been installed. Thanks for being on my podcast, Ben. Thanks for inviting me, Kelly. It's exciting. So let's you know, talk about you. What what do you do for a living? I've been in the underground storage tank regulations universe since since the late '80s. Actually, since before the federal program took effect, and so I've spent the first part of my career as a UST inspector in the state of Vermont and state of Alaska. And since 2002, I've been on my own doing basically UST operator training and consulting. And so kind of my focus and uh, emphasis has been largely to help operators understand kind of the complex rules and regulations, uh, providing uh, ways of explanation that are <clears throat> simple and down to earth and and hopefully approachable. And and really the, the tank gauge is oftentimes the one device that the tank operator clearly knows, you know, they know it's in the back room, they know it does something. And so the tank gauge is kind of a starting point for having a conversation to get them a little bit more comfortable <clears throat> with the features and the requirements of the tank gauge and the UST regulations in general. Right. And for those who might not know, who might recognize, uh, Ben does Tank Savvy Minute, and that's where uh, we've sort of gotten our ideas for doing our quick tip videos. So we've worked with Ben in the past about this, and he really does a good job at helping people understand um, how tank ages work, how to interact with them, and how to be a little bit more comfortable using them. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, what are the kind of courses that you go over, um, and how do you explain an Evo automatic tank age to people. Well, uh, Callie, I'd like to start with a little bit of a story first. When I was first approached by Franklin, Franklin to do a uh, video series on the Evo 550, um, I hadn't really seen that many of them out in the field. I, I knew that they were out there, and so one was brought out for demonstration. And what I love about the Evo 550 is that I took the box, I kind of shoot away the salespeople. I said, let me see if I can just kind of figure out how this thing operates. And I sat down in front of the console, began pushing buttons. And really in about five minutes, the whole thing made sense to me. And so, I mean, granted, I've got a background in UST systems and, and tank monitors, but I got to say that the ease in which I was able to understand how, pardon me, how the Evo 550 functioned at a very... Um, simple to explain level was was kind of exciting for me because now I know I could easily explain it to a tank operator. Most of the videos were shot were shot pretty much cold. I sat down, worked with the monitor box, and was able to figure out its navigational logic um, very, very easily. Yeah, I totally get that. When I first started working here, understanding the Evo, obviously it's very complex and how it was made, but just from basic interactions, it has touch screens. And for me, the buttons on the screen were really easy. I mean, you can tell that how much fuel is in your tank because there's a little picture uh -huh. of a tank with fuel in it. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And my personal passion, interest, professional drive, if you will, is that interface between the people 
and the management and the technology. And so when I see a really simple interface that a typical gas station owner can go to the box and make sense of it in short order, I get excited about that. And so as a trainer, what I try to do is I try to break down the parts and pieces of a tank system. And really starting with a tank gauge is a great way to start. Again, they know there's a box in the back room. They know it does stuff. And what I like to do is I like to explain in very simple terms what it does, why it's important, what could be uh, uh, incorrect or not right, and what is cause for concern and, and perhaps call someone. I mean, my oftentimes my joke when I'm talking to operators is that you can boil down a lot of the tank monitor concerns into if it's blinking red, call your supervisor. And, and it's amazing how many people in the past have not done that. It's kind of, It can be kind of an intimidating box. There are all these weird alarms. You, you know, you need to learn a little bit about the language. But um, I, I like to break things down to simple terms. And so walking someone through a tank gauge, again, showing what it does, why it works, how it works. Once operators understand that, I think the rules actually start making a little more sense. It's like, oh, that's why I need to check, and that's why I need to keep records. That's why I need to make sure the box is, you know, periodically calibrated and, and is functioning properly. So, again, my interest is in really making sure that people uh, become more comfortable with it by seeing the value of it from, you know, from re- legal and environmental terms, but just from a basic common sense. You know, p- people don't want their fuel you know, oozing out into the ground, that's that, that's thousands and right. thousands of dollars lost of product. That's millions of dollars in cleanup. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, again, the tank gauge is a good conversation uh, starting point for that. Yeah. So let's break that down a little bit. You're talking about, you know, explaining what it does, how it works and why it's important. And I know from previous conversations we've had, you're telling me you do class A and B and C courses. Can you first explain what class A, B and C means and then maybe how you would um, adjust your courses based on each level. Sure. Um, when the federal rules first came out in the late 80s, it was all focused on the equipment. Got to get the right equipment out, or I'm sorry, got to get the bad equipment out, got to get the right equipment in, and it's got to be function tested, and it's all got to work properly. The regs, the federal regs, never, pardon me, never really took into account the operability or the, the the kind of the human element of that. And so many years later, along came a federal requirement for operator training that not only do tank operators have to have all this correct equipment in the ground, it actually had to be um, a person at the receiving end had to demonstrate a competency in the rules and regulations. And so what came about was this uh, categorization of A, B, and C operators. A is basically, imagine a typical convenience store. A would be the owner of the store. B would be probably the shift manager and C would be the the clerk or cashier. And so the last time you went and bought gas at a at a convenience store, you know, the person behind the cash register, probably the C operator. Mm-hmm. And the person and their supervisor would then be the the B operator, which is in kind of in charge of the day-to-day operation of things. And then kind of the buck stops here position, the person who's in charge of permits and fees and kind of global compliance for the site would be the A operator. And sure. so I've been I've been doing ABC training pretty much nonstop since 2002 and almost exclusively online since 2009. So for, <clears throat> for about the last 10 years, I've been trying to reach operators with um, kind of down-to-earth ABC training, uh, pushing it all through the internet, basically. Yeah, that's a good way to reach out to people and get a lot of people involved and engaged. How do you prepare you know, A, B, and C operators for alarms and potential disasters. I mean, if you're a cl- if you're class C, 
you know, how do you, how do you know the difference between paper out and something more serious? Yeah, that, that's a tough one. I mean, a tank monitor can give you dozens and dozens and dozens of alarms. You know, maybe it's not a big deal. Hey, I'm low on fuel. Uh, the paper needs to be changed on my tank gauge. And so it's an interesting thing trying to break it down from kind of a training perspective, how to get people interested and excited, but not, you know, you don't want them calling 911 when papers are right. And so you want to be able to come up with a schedule. Most tank monitors and the, and the Evo 550 is like that, you know, has the red light, yellow light, green light kind of schedule, which is a simple, you know, traffic light schedule. And so Mm -hmm. I typically alert operators, if it's red, call someone, you know, you might have remote monitoring, maybe someone's watching the levels offsite. It's still good to call yellow alert. You want to, you know, look at the, at, at, at the alarm and see if it kind of makes sense in your gut and maybe need to call your supervisor. But, you know, we're always looking for the all functions, normal green light. So for the class C operator, I really try to make it like super simple. It's just red, yellow, or green. Red, call someone. Yellow, maybe call someone. And then uh, green, you know, your all, all functions normal. When you start talking to AB operators, you need a, uh, maybe a deeper level of understanding. Maybe this is a sump alarm. Maybe this is, I don't know, PLLD shutdown alarm, water Mm -hmm. alarm, things like that. And so um, what I do in the AB training is I just basically provide lots and lots of examples. There's lots of stories, Mm -hmm. lots of pictures of actual alarms, uh, videos of, you know, blinking tank uh, alert alarms, things like that. And so um, real life examples, visual cues, and again, this kind of a common sense you know, here's what the tank box is saying. Here's what it means kind of thing is what I'm always trying to break down so that the typical operator can can cannot be so intimidated by this potential array of alarms. Sure. And when you're explaining it, you know, if you do stuff in person or in the videos, do you demonstrate on the Evo and do people seem to understand, you know, how to navigate through it? Um, you know, what, what is the process for understanding this and helping people feel comfortable? Yeah, for online, it's tough because there's just a lot of tank monitor options out there, and so I've 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 tried to come up with a uh, explanation logic that would generally apply to most tank monitors. And so, if it's online, I usually encourage people to come to my YouTube videos and watch those after class. In other words, okay, now you've learned the basics. If you want to go deeper, here's a free link to some complimentary training. And I, I'm I'm pleased to say that the Tank Savvy Minute video series on YouTube has exceeded 350,000 views so far in the last, since like 2012. So I want to think people are both stumbling upon it who are interest, interested in it on YouTube, but they're also coming directly from class. And so I can only go so far online because th- th- there's just simply too many different, I, I'd be spending hours talking about all these different alarms and tank gauges. Yeah. So, so I try to kind of hit like the basic principles and then send them to the YouTube video afterwards for kind of, for more information. Now, if I do live training, What's cool is that we go out to a site and we actually interrogate the tank gauge on site. And so if, you, if, if I can have that and then you get people who are timid and they get them up there and they start punching buttons and they realize it's not as scary as they thought. So to the degree I can do live training, that's where it gets really cool. And you can see the eyes light up and they go, oh, that's the, that's what that alarm means. And or I'll, you know, and usually when I do a demonstration training like that, you know, 50 percent of the time it's an alarm in the first place. And so we get to kind of unpack 
you know, real life scenarios, there's actually, you know, I mean, there's something going on there, but we're able to um, see that, that, that this is important because, you know, lo and behold, it was an alarm <laughs> when we went to go do the training in the first place. So mm-hmm. if, if I can do live training, that's great. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of people over the phone. People call up and say, hey, I took your training class and what about this and that? So operators are also welcome to call us after they've taken the training and basically ask us any UST question they have. And so oftentimes they'll have them get on their cordless phone, go back to the tank age, start punching buttons, and we can kind of do like a remote diagnostic slash training that way. Sure. How many people would you say that you've trained? I mean, there's got to be like thousands of class C operators out there. There are tens of thousands of AB operators. There's there's several million Class C operators out there, and so the number the number is a little daunting. Um, for AB operators, we've trained probably something in the order of I need to sit down and do an actual count, but it's probably in the five, six, seven thousand, ten thousand range. Um, Class C operator training because I've been able to put it out online because a number of large companies actually host my course inside their their company training university our our certificate count for class C's alone is something like 560,000 certificates since 2009 or so so wow. i mean it sounds like it sounds like a huge number and it is but mm-hmm. What a lot of folks outside the industry don't know is that the turnover is really phenomenal here. And so, you know, one company alone could be training 10,000 Class C's a year. And so there's there's just a huge number of people out there. I, I think at some point there'll be enough people out there where companies can say, okay, if you want to come work for Gas Station X, show me your Class C certificate because the... I mean, the nation's been flooded with Class C training over the last ten years or so, and so I want to think all that collective wisdom is going to be is going to be better for the industry. And I'm hoping to see a lot more certificates in the next five or ten years uh, come out of us and, and other training sources. Yeah, and back to what you were saying before. I mean, what's the extent of training? Like, what is required for people to get trained? Is it based on hours? Is it certain topics you have to cover? Sure. Um, uh, all states have uh, training requirements and they basically mimic federal law. You need to know um, certain topics. And it, I'll start with Class C because that's the easiest. Class C training, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes at the most. It's a basic you know, hazard identification emergency response training. And so it's it's just, it's like super basic tanks 101. Here's how the basic tank system works. Um, here are things to look for. Here's a spill plan, so on like that. And so the, the mm-hmm. class C training can be done in a pretty short order. It, it, it's, it's identifying anyone who might respond to a spill or an alarm or an incident has to get some minimum training. And so that, that that's sure. a, a super basic one. The AB operator training in back in the old days when it was all stand up, it's basically it was an eight hour class because underground tank operators need to know a wide way a wide array of regulations. And so it's everything from permits and fees and insurance to, you know, when do when must I function test my tank gauge, how often must I check it, what kind of records do I have to keep? And of course every state has different rules and so my training for AB training, it's about five hundred slides worth of content, takes about four hours of um 
of uh, of material to chunk through. And I got to tell a f- funny quick story because Andrew Knapp of your company came up to Oregon and took one of my live classes. And he said he sat down, he looked at the book, he goes, no way, I'm not going to make it through 500 <laughs> slides. And by the end of the day, he's like, wow, that was like, that was cool. And, you know, I learned things and it went along in a good clip. And so I try to present a lot of it. There, there's a lot of information simply has to be covered. What makes my training, I think, a little different is that I try to go a little bit further in offer some best management practices, some risk reduction ideas. And so stuff gets broken down to smaller parts so that it makes sense. In other words, I might spend more time than would be required to explain what a tank gauge is and how it works. But you kind of need that as a building block. So when, once you get to the rules, they kind of make sense. Right. So, so yeah, AB operators need to know an awful lot of stuff. And it, and it very can vary a lot from state to state. The, the, the core requirements are, are the same across the board, though. Yeah, I'm sure breaking it down helps and it just kind of alleviates, you know, post questions and all that. And speaking of you know, I'm just curious, what are some of the like most interesting questions or concerns that you've ever gotten? I was actually doing a live webinar for, uh, with a bunch of tank operators in Colorado. I'm, I'm based out of the Seattle, Washington area, and I'm doing my thing. And this is back when I used to give presentations live broadcast um, over the Internet, and we would sit down and just go through. I mean, it would be like two days worth of long, dense material. But right in the middle of the call, someone... Uh, said, uh, Ben, I, I, I got an accident. I got to go. And she hung up and she, I lost her off, off the training class. And she called back at lunch and she says, you wouldn't believe what happened. I was in the back room taking this class and this guy came in to get a sandwich or something. It was at lunchtime and he left his van running the dog in the back seat jumped into the front seat, somehow got the car in gear, smashed the van into the dispenser, knocked it over and there was fuel everywhere. And so what was amazing, though, was that, um, I mean, what was amazing, what people had just taken the Class C training, and so they knew to shut down the power, which they did. And so they they responded well. There's like a 20-gallon spill. Um, it could have been a lot worse. She took a bunch of pictures, emailed them to me. I shared it with the class, and she came back online. And lo and behold, the shear valve that was supposed to be rigidly anchored under the dispenser was not anchored. And so when it got hit, the shear valve never sheared, the pipe just snapped. And so we actually were able to use that as a live, I mean, talk about a live training exercise. And she was very gracious about sharing her story. And it's like, here's why you need to anchor the shear valve kind of thing. And it was, it was a really exciting moment. And so they went and had the thing fixed and we got to kind of tell a good story out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, stories like that. Stories like that are fun for me because they're real life stuff. Because mm-hmm. you don't just want to like explain a bunch of. You don't. I mean, the regs just say an operator needs to be able to say, "I can find a 0.2 gallon per hour leak," you know, at least every 30 days. Keep my records for a year. Blah blah blah. But really, you know, what you want is people get excited about you know intercepting. <clears throat> excuse me, intercepting an alarm or um, or having having an inspector come. And the passive flying colors. I mean, people call me up and they said, man, you know, I did really great. The training was really helpful. And so it's nice to hear actual traction that it's not just a requirement, that it's actually trying to inspire operators to do a better job. Right. Well, and it shows the, you know, severity of how important this training is. And these examples help, you know, show yeah, people I mean, what, what could happen. Yeah, m- most of my slides, most of these 500 plus slides have pictures in them. And we really, it's all about making the visual connection between this kind of abstraction of rules and what I actually got on the ground and why it's important to keep my my fuel tank safe. All right. Was uh, hopefully that shear valve wasn't one of ours. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we could probably chalk it up to the uh, uh, installer error. In other words, it, it's not it's not it's not yours or the device the device's fault. It was not put in. in no, it, it wasn't anchored, and so it, it was clearly a case of either oper in, uh, installer error, or may, maybe an op maybe an owner removed it after it went in. But it, it, was, it was probably put in wrong in the first place. So I'll, we'll, we'll chalk that up to uh, installer error. Yeah, we can do another promo for our Verify service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's all the time we have today. So thank you so much for appearing on Let's Be Frank. This was really awesome. It's nice to have you Skype in. You know, you couldn't be here today. So it's good to have you coming all the way from uh, the West Coast. Yeah, I appreciate your time, Kelly. You had some good questions. If you want to check out more of what we talked about today, you can see Ben's videos at youtube.com forward slash UST training. And if you want to learn more about our products and services, you can check us out at university.ffspro.com. <laughs>